Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, it's a little dreary outside, but in here, we're basking in your love and the opportunity to be together as a family. Be with us now as we turn to our new series. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I feel like, you know, I tell so many stories. I really need to keep better track. And I feel like I told a story, but I can't find it in any of my sermons. On my videos, so if I have said it somewhere, I apologize, but it's a good story. Jerry Mock was the first solo female pilot to circumnavigate the whole globe. And in the early 1960s, a 38-year-old homemaker offhandedly told her husband that she was bored. And her husband, Russell, pointed out, well, maybe you should go get in your plane and just go fly around the whole world. <laughs> to which she said, well, maybe I'll just go do that. Well, they actually prepared, and she went and literally flew around the world. They had a, uh, a Cessna 180 named the Spirit of Columbus because they were from Columbus, Ohio. And according to the New York Times, she took off on March 19, 1964 from Columbus, Ohio, and returned there on April 17, 29 days, 11 hours, and 59 minutes later after a 23,000-mile journey over the Atlantic, the Mediterranean, the Red Sea, the Gulf of Oman, uh, the Arabian Sea, the Pacific, with stops in the Azores, Casablanca, Cairo, Karachi, Calcutta, Bangkok, and Honolulu, among other places, all prompted by the sense of restlessness and an offhand comment. I'm not going to lie, a Cessna 180 is a very small plane. How did she cross the Pacific and the Atlantic? I'm still trying to figure that out. But what drew her to go around this venture, this whole worldwide venture, was the spirit of travel and of adventure. Today, I'd like to go to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. The book of Matthew chapter 28. We're starting a new series, keep the rubber side down, and I'm going to explain that to you uh, in a little bit. And it's here that we find that as the disciples are gathered with Jesus, we've, we've gone over this several times, but it's always good to remind ourselves. Matthew 28, verse 16. All right. We all there? I hear some paper still flying. I'll give you another second. Okay. All right. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some what? Doubted. Every time I read this, I'm still blown away. I spent so many years with them, and yet still some of them doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus is telling them basically what they're to do for the rest of their lives. You really think about it, that's a great adventure, amen? Not just to go down the corner, but to go out into all of the world. You know, if you know me well enough, you know that I have, it's probably become more of an obsession at this point. I love bicycles. Some of you really know how much I could really go deep down the bicycle path. And in front of me is a bicycle wheel taken off one of my bikes. And when I say when the rubber, keep the rubber side down, it means to keep literally the rubber on the ground. Because if the wheel comes off the ground, what happens? You're going to crash. Does it feel good crashing? Nine times out of ten, no, it doesn't, unless you land like maybe in a bunch of grass or a bush. But oftentimes, it's, it's important. Well, you need to keep the rubber on the ground. And it's a saying that as a cyclist, we keep saying it's a, it's a, a way of saying goodbye. Keep the rubber side down. In order to move forward, you got to have the rubber keep uh, hitting the ground. And in this, now, I wanted to take my rear wheel off, which had the actual cassette and the cogs on the back. Just was too much, so I just took the front wheel off. But in order to move forward, you have to be able to keep the chain on the cassette and pedal and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward is important. You have to know where you're headed. Why are you going this way? And as you head forward, you need to know where you're going, having a destination. Sometimes you might have an idea of where exactly you want to go, and sometimes perhaps maybe the destination is to find out, to be adventurous, to learn and discover new things. One of the reasons why I love to ride my bike is because I feel like I am a kid again. Literally. Yes, I'm an adult, a grown adult. But in my head, when I'm riding my bike, it's like I'm a kid because I like to discover things. When I first moved to where we currently live, I rode around all the neighborhoods to see what kind of houses, who lives in our community. It's so much more efficient than walking and way funner because, yes, it's a slog to get up a hill, but guess what? When you go down, you get to go fast. Not too fast. And always wear a helmet. Being grounded is also extremely important. In our, in our relationship with God, we need to be grounded in Christ. Amen? Amen. And it's good, important to be grounded in the church. I'm going to come back to this wheel in a second. But, yeah, uh, it, it's important as we, as we get older, it's important to still be adventurous. Kids, never, ever, ever lose your sense of adventure. Kids, can you imagine a world where you had no text messaging, no messaging, in fact, you didn't even have YouTube, where there, which can supply endless amount of hours of streaming. You didn't even have any of that. Imagine, if you're sick, what were your options? Soap operas and Judge Judy. As a child, that was not cool. That was very boring. Hardly any cartoons at that time, especially when I grew up. 
long time ago. There wasn't that much content. Yes, we still had great cartoons, but those cartoons came on later in the afternoon when you got home from school. You rode your bike to be able to find out and see who was home to see if you could, is Jared home? Let's go out and play. Let's go play bikes. Or let's go play basketball. Let's go see if our other friends are out. Bikes give you an opportunity to go on an adventure. You know, I love adventures. In fact, movies. Majority of the movies have some form of adventure. What are some of your favorite adventurous movies? Or series, actually? Indiana, Indiana Jones. What? Sandlot. The Sandlot. Okay. Lord of the Rings. How many of you grew up reading the Chronicles of Narnia? Okay. By the way, if you, if you, if you're, if you read closely, there may be some spiritual references in there. There's a lot. It was written by a Christian author. Many don't know that. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Marvel, Star Wars, they all have this big, huge adventure, and they're trying to accomplish something great, right? And so God has called us to go on this big adventure. Now, as I talked about earlier on this wheel, Johnny, Johnny, he doesn't know I was going to call him out like this. Can you help me out real quick? By the way, this is Johnny. Everybody say hi, Johnny. And his wife, lovely wife, Jenny, right there. Everybody say hi, Jenny. They're going to be joining the church soon. Can you hold the wheel uh, right here? Okay. Now, he's holding it here. And if I spin, how is this possible that this is happening? All because of the hub. And within the hub is what? Ball bearings. It allows this wheel to spin. So without a hub, without the ball bearings, this wheel is what? Nothing. It's rendered useless. Everybody, give Johnny a hand, please. Without, the, without this hub, you would not be able to connect the spokes, and ultimately, you would not be able to connect the rim and the tire. And much like our relationship with God, God is the hub of our universe. It's important that we're connected to the hub. So anytime we want to go on an adventure or do ministry, it's important that we're connected to the hub. It's the most important relationship that you'll ever have. And also being connected to the church. This church is also a hub. Why do we come to church? Just because we want to hear Pastor Chris, please do not let that be. <laughs> All right. But we're here to worship. We're here to sing. By the way, thank you, everybody who sang today. I love the variety. We had the blues. We had a little ballad. We had a hymn. Thank you. Um, and uh, we hear, we're here to pray. As I was watching you earlier, because I like to watch you all, and I observed that we're all connecting with one another. It's so awesome to see some of our newer uh, individuals coming here, connecting and joining and thriving, and I love that. Please, please keep doing that. And um, it's just so awesome to see connecting, and that's why we also come to church is because we're a family of faith. 
We share the good times. We share the hard times. Um, this is also a hub, a base for mission. God has called us to go out into where? All of the world. How do we learn? How do we grow? All of that can be rooted and learned through here. I don't want church just to be a place where we sing and, and learn about God, but I want to be a place that sends people out and comes back and brings others back. Amen? So we have the hub, which is the center of the wheel. And where does this ministry that God has called us to go out and do, it starts with those closest to you, your parents, your siblings, your best friend, your cousin, your coworker. Those we know and interact with. And eventually, as you get to know other people, maybe you get to know uh, the postmaster or you get to um, know the uh, Robert, for instance, at Vons in uh, the, the particular Vons that I shop at. Been getting to know him for several years. You meet people along the way. Better yet, you meet people in your community, in your neighborhood. These are individuals that God is calling you to go and minister to. One of the favorite movies that I loved growing up, because I'm a child of the 80s, was the great movie, The Goonies. Anybody seen The Goonies? Okay. Goonies. Awesome. You know, they're, they're a ragtag bunch of outsider teenagers who end up deciding to, <laughs> to go on a mission to find what? Treasure. And along the way, they're also, why are they trying to do this? Because their neighborhood is being threatened. And uh, <laughs> they're trying to discover the pirate ship of One-Eyed Willie. And they also run into who? A band of bad mobsters, by the way. And they find friendships are rooted together. They're willing to go uh, and do everything together. They're a band of brothers and sisters. And along the way, they also meet who? Sloth, which they basically adopt into their family. Sloth was one of the, uh, the mobsters, but, well, he abandoned them and decided to go and join the good team. The point is that the love of a neighbor actually compels us towards going out. And if, even if we're not going to go out and find a long-lost pirate's uh, treasure, we have an even greater treasure to share the good news with others. And we're called to go out and share that good news. But it's also important to know that when Jesus says go, it's not just that it's like, okay, go. No, it's verbal. It, it's, a, it's a verb. It's, a, it's an action statement. Go. And by the way, as you go, you're going to be learning continually. You have, even if you don't know everything, God can still use you. Because guess what? God's already working in your life. You already have a testimony. And I know I, I say this all the time, but God has already given you the tools and the story to know how to share the gospel with other people. Because if God is in your life, you already know what to say. Sometimes we just have to think about that, though. Oh, where has God helped me? And believe it or not, as you write down, as you think about it, all of a sudden, all those great things that God has done for you is a list of things that you can share with why God is important to you. Now, we're also called to disciple as a team. We're not a lone ranger, a lone wolf. We're called to do this together. I want to share you a picture from seven years ago proving that I at one point I was fit. 
<laughs> this was February of 2016. This was the Roger Milliken Criterium, uh, also known as the Valentine's Massacre, because it is one of the more dangerous courses that uh, I had ever uh, raced. And it was also my very, very first race. Behind me is my friend Nathan Koo. As a former member of mine, a dentist, great dentist, by the way. Um, and we thought, hey, wouldn't it be great? Let's do something fun. Let's go bike racing. Any of you ever wanted to try bike racing? It is one of the most adrenaline-inducing exercises you will ever do. It's one of the most scariest, but also amazing things you can do. And by the way, I show this picture not with any pride or anything, because guess what? We got dropped within, I think, three or four laps. So within 15 to 20 minutes, we actually got pulled from the race. So there was nothing, there's nothing prideful about this picture. It's a reminder of, yeah, I was very unprepared. But what's, what's amazing about riding a bike, even if you're not racing, if you find, when you see a big pack, a peloton, a group of people riding their bikes, you notice that they're lined up behind each other, right? Why is that? Why is it the teams that ride in the Tour de France or any other big races, why are they always following right behind? Well, the person in front, guess what's happening to them? They're hitting the wind, and they're hitting the wind the hardest. And about, about the third to fourth rider behind them, guess how much energy, less, uh, how much more efficient they are by riding behind them? Over 30%. That's a lot. And as we, and so what we would do is we would pace line. We would, the person at front would go move off to the side, the person behind would take his spot and we'd rotate. And that makes life in a bike race so much easier. Actually, there's nothing easy about a bike race. It's just, there is no mercy. You go as hard as you can, as long as you can, as fast as you can. But when you're doing a group ride, and especially as a team working together, cycling is not an individual sport. It's a team sport, believe it or not. All the people who win the Tour de France's, all of those guys would never have won it without a team. And so we would help each other. We'd share bottles. We would uh, ride. And um, we'd look out for one another. We'd keep each other accountable. Hey, we got a training ride. I don't want to ride. It's raining. We got to ride. Guess what? In church, we also have people who we can look out to. As we develop relationships, we can keep each other accountable in faith and learning and growth. And sometimes when we just we need somebody to talk to, that's why church is also important. So in order to be successful as a team, we have to communicate, work together. Um, these things are important, communication. I remember this uh, right after that. I said, come on, Nathan, let's go. And he said, I'm done. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm done too. And uh, we realized we didn't want to get hurt. I was vastly inexperienced. And we learned a lot. We learned what not to do. And we learned that we had to get in better shape. And so we did. We got on harder. The rides got even harder. But as we continue to go out uh, to share uh, the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, go out into your neighborhood. Many of us perhaps will walk. We've talked about this before. Go out and walk and pray for your neighbors. Um, pray for the people when you go out. Pray for your waiter. Uh, maybe block off a 30-minute time period just to walk around your neighborhood. And as you're going by, just wave to people. Pray for them. Don't even know. And if you can't walk, drive. 
ride, whatever. And if you can't leave the house, think of people and pray for them. There's no excuse not to pray. Amen? Create a habit of hospitality to other people. Be kind, be welcoming, be loving. And if all else, pray. So, action step. Sorry, reflection before we get to the action challenge. Who is someone in your neighborhood that you would like to share Jesus with? Who is somebody in your neighborhood that you would like to share Jesus with? This week, go on a prayer walk at least twice this week, walking around your neighbor, praying, neighborhood, praying for your neighbors, and especially for that particular neighbor you want to share Jesus with. We're going to build on this this, this month. Amen? Amen? All right. Next week, we're going to talk about, well, you're just going to have to come back and find out what we're going to talk about next week. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the fact that you've given us purpose in our life to be able to share Jesus with others. Lord, as we go out this week, as we pray for our neighbors, as we walk by, drive, walk, uh, or, or ride, uh, or Lord, if, we, if we're not able to go out, um, Lord, impress upon us uh, and help us to pray for those who uh, need prayer and ultimately to befriend and get to know him. Lord, in faith, give us the words to be able to share you with others. Help us to be the representatives, the ambassadors, as Paul says, that you've called us to be. May we be loving, kind, and grant us courage. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Grace and peace, everybody. Have a great week.